I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. So you may have heard that the Republican National Committee pulled out of the Commission on Presidential Debates last week. And while that news headline seems like a shocker to some, uh, it may be a way to get towards a better debate and a better conversation. Uh, so it's not always as we seem. I know we often hear the Commission on Presidential Debate, and we assume that is some uh, high and holy, uh, separate from all partisanship. Uh, but really, it's a it's an agreement between the Republicans and the Democrats. It goes back to 1987 uh, in terms of presidential debates. But we wanted to dig into this, what it actually means and what it actually might mean for 2024. And no one can help us do that any better than Bruce Huff, of course, member of the Republican National Committee representing Utah. Bruce, thanks for joining us. Hi, this is, uh, can you hear me? Yes, we got you, Bruce. Okay, great. Uh, hey, listen, uh, Boyd, you kind of hit it on the on the head in that um, it, it was started, I think, with a really good idea, sort of the idea that uh, we can uh, do something in a nonpartisan fashion to create a uh, level playing field for, for these kinds of things. Unfortunately, it has morphed into something uh, completely different. And uh, it's not, look, the Republicans want debates. I mean, that's, that's the thing that is, uh, we think, a, a critical part of what we uh, need in this country is dialogue and discourse in a civil way on, uh, on our candidates. But this has been, uh, over the last couple of sessions in particular, it's been very problematic. And we've gone to the commission and said, hey, look, we just want to improve the system. First of all, let's don't have all the debates after voting has already begun mm. in over half the states in the United States. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's a, critical, a critical factor. Yeah, uh, no, and I think looking at that, uh, Bruce, uh, that's one thing that a lot of people don't realize that uh, that voting had already begun, you know, well before the presidential debates ever happened. Uh, and also, that, that there's a, a lot of factors that go into this. You've been behind the scenes in a lot of these negotiations, uh, even with the uh, the the commission. Uh, that uh, it's never easy. I mean, it, you debate everything from the you know the height of the lecterns to the lights to who's in the audience to what the city it is. Uh, give us some exactly. behind the scenes yeah. of that. Yeah, I mean, first of all, you know, this is a commission that's that operates, um, you know, every year, three hundred sixty-five days a year, and yet we only really uh, engage them, um, you know, once every four years, and. 
there, there are lots of negotiations that go on. For example, one of the things we said to them was, you know, besides let's please have, I mean, look, boy, this is how simple this could have been. We said, look, just guarantee that at least one debate, just one debate, just guarantee one debate will occur before early voting starts. They refused to, to commit to that. Mm-hmm. We said, will you commit to not having any former staffers of presidential candidates be moderators? Because, as you know, that happened in the uh, in the race with Biden. One of his former uh, staffers uh, ended up being the moderator. And it's like, can we just agree to that? I mean, those were two simple requests. Just have at least one debate before early voting starts and don't have somebody who is compromised in an obvious way. Yeah. And then the third thing was that we asked was, hey, look, six out of the 10 commission members completely denigrated the Republican candidate. Now, I don't care how you, what you, and by the way, lots of Republicans did that too, right? But the fact is the commission is supposed to be an unbiased arbiter to provide this neutral playing ground for a debate. And when you have six of the 10 come out against publicly come out against the candidate and denigrate that candidate in public, in the press, that's just completely inappropriate. So those are the only three things we asked. Wow. Don't denigrate the candidate. Give us at least one debate before the, the um, early voting starts. And don't have an obvious conflict when you have a former staffer of a candidate as a moderator. And, can, and now just think of that. Is that unreasonable to ask that? At, at this- and yet the commission refused, mm-hmm. completely refused. We spent a year talking to them and exchanging communications. And nothing would not cooperate in the least. And those we think are pretty common sense. So he said, you know what? We've had it. We're done. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to try to seek out a new way to allow for good debates. I mean, you think about the primary is where the big debates are happening anyway. Right. Um, we can, we can certainly control that. When we get into the presidential debates, if, if candidates uh, don't cooperate, they may not be sanctioned to, to, uh, debate in in party uh, uh and i'm not saying sponsored we're looking for right. a sponsor we're looking for someone else to do it but sanctioned debates and that's what we did the democrats and the republicans got together in 1987 and sanctioned the cpd and now you've got somebody making you know uh, millions of dollars to run that organization by the way i'd love that gig yeah uh you know because <laughs> you were you know and millions of dollars if you look at their filings and they haven't even filed their 2020 they haven't filed since 2020 mm. and they're a, supposedly a nonprofit. um there there's a lot of money you know it cost 20 million dollars to hold a debate just here in in utah it's crazy wow and yeah the national security interests are important a lot of that gets funded through uh congress but the reality is um it's it's a process that's gone amok and we just need to we just need to press the restart button or the reset button on this. Yeah. Well, let me give you just, uh, I'm going to give you two minutes to be uh, debate king for a day. Uh, <laughs> is, is it time for a Lincoln-Douglas style debate? Is it time for a different kind of format that gets us beyond just kind of the canned, uh, pre-scripted answers? Uh, give me one thing you would do immediately uh, in terms of these presidential debates. By the way, you you said it. I I actually love the Lincoln Douglas, the, the Lincoln Douglas style of debate because you address each other. You still have to take your turn, 
but you know, there, this is a this is a taught in you know high schools around the nation do Lincoln Douglas debates, uh, colleges do Lincoln Douglas debates. Why not? I I have I, I like the idea. Now, if they don't shout over each other, I think it could be very productive. So I think there still has to be you know rules in place. And uh, you're right, the behind the scenes of all the rules and all the negotiations are sometimes beyond hilarious because of the little things that you have to have. It reminds me of you know rock stars who have their their uh, list of demands before they ever show up to your venue. They have to have, you know, Grey Goose, and they have to have a massage therapist, and they have to have an ice cream. Blue M&M's only. All these things. Yeah, Yeah, blue M&M's only. It's like, it's kind of hilarious. And having some kids in that business, I've seen some of that. So (laughs) the the thing that's funny is that these, these are the most important communications that we can have. Unfiltered before the American people, we need to have it in a fair, unbiased, level playing field manner so that the candidates that we're going to vote on are, we get to see who they really are in the context of, of uh, debating policies, not personalities and not being set up for a, uh, you know, an ambush question, but let's just do a fair process where you can have that kind of communication. It's critical to having the American people make good decisions. Uh, fantastic. Great insight as always. Bruce Huff, uh, member of the Republican National Committee representing the state of Utah. Always great behind the scenes perspective there. And uh, I, maybe the two of us can do a tag team uh, petition to get the Lincoln Douglas style debate. There you uh, go. For we could do it as a Lincoln Douglas debate. We could actually do that. <laughs> uh, awesome. All right, my friend, All Bruce right, Huff, thanks, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, great insight from Bruce. And I, and I do think that uh, while the Republicans pulling out of the Commission on Presidential Debate will make the negotiations challenging uh, when we get to 2024, I don't think that's a bad thing. Again, this is not a government institution. This is not an independent uh, institution by any way, uh, shape or form. And so I do hope it fosters a different kind of discussion that will set up a different kind of debate and a different kind of conversation with the American people so we can get a better sense of those that are running for the highest office in the land. We're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. Much more to come on Inside Sources right here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.